Yo, welcome to B3. You can have second breakfast here, but you gotta drink it. I'm Patrick Mathers, pastor of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. And yo, I'm Brian Gumpy, <laughs> elder of Sovereign Joy Christian Fellowship. Did I you was, know that? I was listening to, I don't listen to rap very often. Like, like by very often, I mean not very often. Not since we went to Canvas last year. No, like I listened to Eminem and Notorious B.I.G. just the other day. But, oh, right. but I listened to Beautiful Eulogy today. Ugh. Yes. So good. They crush it. Dude, they're something else. Like I like I don't know why I don't listen to them more. It's so good. I know. So, so that good. was why I yoed. Cause hey dude, I used to watch Yo MTV raps. Nice. And they always had that song that went It's that it's a little clip from uh it's a why can't I think of his name? James Brown. It's a James Brown song. But Is they it? always had, yeah. Oh. They always had that that little. I know exactly what you're about. I didn't at first. At first it sounded like you were humming some kind of Indian song with like quarter tones or something like that. Hey, dude, Priya. Is the Indian place that I like to eat at, and it's so good. There's a new Indian place where Bulldog Taqueria used to be, and I haven't checked it out yet. Hey, my brother said that he had shawarma at Petra Cafe. I saw. And it was the best thing he ever ate in Chico. And I kind of, Paul, if you listen to this, I don't believe you, but <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go out on a limb. But Petra Cafe? Is that the place that serves the back patio at Argus now? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that one. That's the only time I've eaten there. Like, I've never eaten there. I thought I was going to die. Dude, I, I delivered... I met with some friends at Argus, and it was like the only thing available. So right around... So Argus is w- actually where I came up with my little thing here is you can have second breakfast, but you have to drink it. Oh, second <laughs> breakfast. Uh-huh. Yeah, see? That I was got amazing. You. Dude, they had this drink there called second breakfast, and it was a whiskey drink with an egg in it and a ginger snap on top of it. A whole egg. A whole egg and a ginger snap. And it is one of the most amazing drinks I've ever had in my life. Like, you wouldn't think it. It sounds gross. Especially with the yolk in it. Yeah. Dude, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. So amazing that I went in there like uh, like two, three weeks in a row to get it. Mm -hmm. And then it was off the menu and I kept on going and they said, oh, hey, we got one for you. Don't worry. Nice. I yeah. wonder if you can still get it now. Obviously, they, they're probably not going to have the ginger snaps on hand. They did. Okay, yeah. After the, they didn't have the ginger snaps, but they had everything else. And so I made do with that. The trick about those, because I used to always drink the smoked goose there. Oh, so good. Yeah. The trick is, as they're cycling out like old bartenders, it was just, oh, we'll make it for you because somebody knows how to make it still because mm-hmm. somebody worked here back then. <laughs> so you got to break in the new ones. You got to order it every now and then. Otherwise, the knowledge, really get it. the knowledge the of knowledge it disappears. Yeah. yeah, Dude, second breakfast is so good. But you got to drink it. You do have to drink it. I remember, so Marcus, when he tried a whiskey sour there and it, had, it was with the egg whites. Is Marcus a whiskey guy? Uh, yeah. I oh. mean, above all else, he's I've a, never drink whiskey with him. Above all else, he's a tequila guy. No, not surprised that the yeah uh, yeah. But yeah. anyway, but yeah, he's all about like the egg whites, the shook up and whatever. You yeah, know, whisk them. You you shake them. Yeah, you shake them. Yeah, I don't. That understand, sounds great. I don't understand why it makes it taste the way it, it does. makes frothy. Yeah, it's like yeah. It sounds so gross. 
No, it doesn't, doesn't even sound gross. It, it even kind of looks gross. No, it doesn't look gross. But until you try it, don't oh, knock it. It's so good. Anyway, what the heck are we talking about today? Okay, we're going to start something new. I'm excited. So what we've decided to do is we're still going to answer questions and we're still going to go down that route. But what we thought we'd do is we would just walk through Bible stories and then just kind of riff on them and talk about them and just as we walk through them. And, and these aren't ones like we've done a whole bunch of prep for. In fact, Brian, I don't think you think you've read it in a while, right? No. Yeah, see, and so what we're going to start with is we're going to start with one in First Kings, which if anybody is a Christian listening, they're like, oh, yeah, I just had my daily devotions in First Kings last week. That's a joke. Yeah. Nobody has their daily devotions in First Kings. Almost ever. Almost. Because you usually quit way before First Kings. Doing the Bible in a year thing. <laughs> Doing the Bible yeah. in a year thing. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at this one particular story of uh, Elijah. And so what we're going to do is we're going to walk through this. This is our first one, so I don't know exactly how it's going to go. But I'm going to kind of read the highlights of it as we go. And we're just going to riff on it and talk about it and, and go from there and tell the story. And then we're going to do this from time to time. Why are you laughing at me like that? <laughs> because you were talking with like no commas. And then we're going to do this and we're going to read through it. And we're going to make comments. And <laughs> Dude, this isn't like a term paper that I'm turning in here. Why are you judging me? Uh, it just looked like you had no clue where you were going to land that sentence. I could see it in your eyes. They were bouncing with your inflection. Anyway. <laughs> like the ball, ball and music. Little bouncing <laughs> yes, ball. Follow the bouncing ball. Well, let's, let's look at this passage. So first of all, this is a long time ago. It's before Christ. And so what that's going to mean for the listener is that there were a set of laws and stipulations that were in place that people had to follow in order to exhibit faith in God. And this included some ceremonial rituals. It included some sacrificial rituals. But you would go and perform these rituals in order to indicate to profess your faith in God and trust that he was going to forgive you of your sins. Now we look back and we look to Christ for that. But in the Old Testament, they didn't do that. So the context of this is the nation of Israel going away, moving away from, astray from the law of God that God gave in Exodus chapter 20, namely the Ten Commandments, but there's even more than that, but specifically the Ten Commandments. And interestingly enough, the king in Israel during that day, his name was Ahab, like the the captain in Moby Dick. And <laughs> interestingly enough that, that there, um, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever read about Herman Melville? No, I haven't read Moby Dick. What? I know. Really? They just never, Dude, it's hard. That's what I've heard. There are some chapters, like, I don't have any idea what I just, like, what the words were. Like, it was words strung together in, like, some kind of necklace, and I'm sure they look good to the ones who understand the words, but, man, I have no idea what some of those chapters are even about. But for the most part, what it is is it's Ahab hunting down this white whale, and the and Melville said of his book that it's the most evil work that has ever been written. And basically what he was doing was giving us a metaphor or a, a picture in a book of Ahab or man chasing after and killing God. God is the white whale. 
And so there's an entire chapter on the whiteness of the white whale. If you ever go back and read this, it's it's crazy. An entire chapter, an entire chapter about chapter what color the whale on is. On the whiteness of the white whale. Yeah, yeah. So go read it. And it's, it's the story of man trying to kill God, basically. And man trying to have his own autonomy. And of course, do you know how the story ends? No. Never mind, no spoilers. Right. But here, Ahab is the king in Israel in our discussion <laughs> here. And in 1 Kings chapter 16 and verse 30, it says, Ahab was the son of Omri, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Listen, more than all who were before him. <laughs> there was a lot of evil people <laughs> who lived before Ahab. The book of Judges is before Ahab. And it says Ahab, Saul, uh, King Saul was before Ahab. And Ahab, it says here, did more evil than all who were before him. And the re- what he did is he provoked the Lord to anger because he built temples, he built altars to a false god named Baal, B-A-A-L, in all of the places that were considered places of worship for the true and living God. Yeah, pretty, ba- pretty bad. Enough to, enough to earn him that title. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> so then Elijah the Tishbite, or Elijah the prophet of the time, he, he was called by God to go and confront Ahab, and he did this several times. Um, in chapter 18 specifically, when we get to there, um, Ahab kind of had a prophet in his pocket. <laughs> Not like literally in his pocket, but he was on the payroll. You know what I mean? He uh-huh. was on the dole. You, you, know, you know what I'm talking about? He had a prophet who would go and prophesy things that Ahab wanted him to say. Advantageous things? Yeah. Got it. The good stuff, yeah. right? Like Ahab, you know, somebody was like, <clears throat> hey, Ahab, why don't you do more for... The poor people, why don't you do more for the Ephraimites? And this particular guy, Obadiah, would come along at Ahab's bidding and say, thus says the Lord, the Ephraimites are getting treated like this because God said so. So all of a sudden you have prophet coming along and saying, here's why you're getting treated the way you are, basically shut up, right? Mm -hmm. So he was on the dole. So Ahab would tell him to go say things, and he would go out and say things. And because people knew he was a prophet, and he was kind of making merchandise, he's kind of making money off saying those kind of things. It's kind of like a modern-day faith preacher, right? They're just all about the money. They just are going to say whatever they have to say to get your money, to get their jet, to get their their Rolls Royce. Sorry, Creflo. Creflo, Jesse Duplantis, all them chumps. That's... I've never heard of that one before. Hey, there's some more, too. I'm good. <laughs> we could say more. How about that woman, Paula White? Yeah, her, too. I don't know. You look like you don't know. No. Dang. My mind immediately went to Paula Dean. <laughs> My I'm mind like, went, no, that's not right. My mind went in the corner and, like, suddenly I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> so more about Ahab. Okay. So Obadiah was the dude he had on the bankroll? Yeah, he had him on the dole. Yeah. Like the but he was Obadiah? Still, no, no, no. Different Obadiah. I was going to no, no, say. There, okay, there's a book in the, in the Old Testament called Obadiah. It's the shortest. I think it's the shortest book in the Old Testament. But uh, no, different, completely different time frame. 
Just a common name. Yeah. Me. <laughs> Who does? Everybody's got an Obadiah in their family. All right. You might have at one point in history, <laughs> but not, a, not anymore. So Elijah comes to confront Ahab because God tells him to go and tell Ahab he's doing not good stuff. And so Obadiah meets him. And they have this exchange back and forth. And basically, Obadiah falls on the ground and is like, oh, you're so good. Oh, I'm not. And he's like, yeah, you're right. You're not. Get out of here. Scram. So he kicks him to the curb, comes up and confronts Ahab and says, why are you troubling Israel? What is your problem? You have abandoned the commandments of the Lord. And now you've gone after and followed Baals. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Listener, think about that you are just living your life and God suddenly shows up to you and says, go talk to Trump. (laughs) And so you got to go talk to Trump, but to get to Trump, you've got to go through somebody else. I don't know who, I don't know names of people in his cabinet. So prophets, somebody who's like speaking. You have to go through Fox News. You have to go through Fox News. Okay. So you have to go through Fox News to get to Trump. (laughs) So you you go up there. This is your quest. This is your quest. And so you have to go through and you do this. And then finally you get to Trump and basically you just are told to call him out on the carpet for basically worshiping other gods. Now, this is no way a political commentary. What I'm trying to do is trying to help. Not a good one anyway. No, no. I know it's not good at all. But... What I'm trying to do is paint a modern picture of what it would be like in a similar situation to what uh, this guy is doing, Elijah, in the Old Testament. So then Elijah says, let's have a contest. You got the stones for this, Ahab? Why don't you bring 450 of your prophets to the mountain where they were regularly worshiping, Mount Carmel, which sounds amazing, but it's not. <laughs> but a it's literal, not. It's not. It's not a literal mountain of Carmel. And I've I've been there actually. Did you know this? That I actually was there. I had the most amazing falafel I've ever had in my uh, life on Mount Carmel. You get up there and there's nothing there, but it's like a taco truck. It's this little, but it's but not a truck. You, you get up there and there's nothing there, but it's like a taco truck. There's this little stand. It's this beautiful rolling green mountain and you're higher above than anything else that's right directly around you. I, I did not picture Mount Carmel green. It's green. Okay. Oh, no, it's, well, you pictured it brown, didn't you? <laughs> or, you know, caramely. <laughs> Sticky. Yeah. Ooey gooey. <laughs> no, it's green. It's beautiful <laughs> like, green up there. Like one of the mountains from Candyland or something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and uh, there's, the, there's this little food stand up there now. And they, oh, dude, so good. So good. I'd go eat falafel there all day long. <laughs> right. Oh, and my guts would probably be wrecked, but... 450 maniacs can't be wrong, am yeah. I right? <laughs> they didn't go... <laughs> <laughs> they don't, they don't so, really care about Baal. They're just there for the falafel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they care about Baal. Listen to what <laughs> it says. You'd follow him, too, if you made a falafel <laughs> like that good. <laughs> so Ahab sent all the people of Israel and gathered all the prophets together to go to Mount Carmel. And then Elijah came near to all the people and he said, how long, what the crap, 
<laughs> why do you limp between two different opinions? That's a great word, you know, way to use words. So I've been watching comedians in cars getting coffee. Great. Right? And one of the things I love the most is how they pick apart phrases. You know, Jerry Seinfeld, he'll pick apart a phrase and whoever's with will like, this is a great way to word this. And it'll just be like, you'll have one or two words different and maybe in a different order and it'll make the joke so much better. It's all about of, nuance. It's all about nuance and about phraseology. This is that. How he gets... And there's all the people there, right? Everyone wants to come see this battle because they know Elijah. He's done all kinds of miracles at this point all over the land. He's famous. They know he's against Ahab. This is like, this is like showdown. This is like, I, I don't know, like the World Series or Super Bowl or something of prophets. It's a rap battle. It's a rap battle. That's a good way to say it. So the public has come from all over the nation to see this. And Elijah gets up before it starts and he said, how long will you limp between two different opinions? That's a great way. You can picture it. Somebody limping on one side and limping towards the other, limping between God and Baal. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And the people didn't answer him a word. <laughs> the silence was deafening. Can you imagine that? That's oh, that gives me the shivers. So he says to the people, "I am a prophet left from the Lord, but Baal here has four hundred and fifty men. So let's have two bulls brought out here." You guys choose the best bull for yourself and cut it into pieces, lay it upon wood, but put no fire to it. He says, I'll do the same thing with the other bull and put no fire to it. Then we will call upon the name of God together. And well, their God, they're calling on Baal. Elijah's calling on the true and living God. And whichever one answers with fire, that's the living God. There's the challenge. <laughs> and then, and all the people answered, it is well spoken. <laughs> what else are you going to say to that? Yeah, I guess. He already shut you up. So yeah. you're just going to be like, yes, sir. Well spoken. Right. <laughs> do you think they were like that? Like their tail between their legs? Or do you think they were like really on the edge? Like, oh, which God's the real God? I think. Th well, definitely the prophets. Are you, is that who you're talking about? I'm talking about everybody. Or like the bystanders. The bystanders, mostly, yeah. What do you do? You're in that position, man. What do you think? Well, you're sitting under Ahab, and you're sitting under that dude at Obadiah, so I can't imagine that you really have like a high regard for the true and living God at this point. I mean, what, I get, Well, Elijah what, says he's the only one left following him. We know that's not true later on, but he thinks he is. Right. So, I mean, I guess it's not like now where you're, oh, you're like you're at a bad place. You just pick up and move. Like, they don't really have that right. like option. Right. So it doesn't mean that none of the, uh, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that many people were like, ooh, Elijah's going to show you guys. I, I have a feeling that most, at best, were thinking like completely open-minded. Like, what the heck is going to happen? Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. So they call upon the name of their God. So Elijah said to the prophets, choose for yourself the bull, prepare it, uh, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God and put no fire to it. So they took the bull, 
They took the bull and they prepared it and they called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon saying, oh, Baal, answer us. That's a hard thing to say all morning. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they limped around the altar they had made. Now, dude, there's so few things I've done. (laughs) From the morning to noon? That's a lot of hours, man. What do you do for that long? Like, like I how? I don't want to say but all like four times, let alone all morning. That's I, a, right? It's a clunky word. It is. It's a clunky word. Dude. All- and then they limped around. Why are they limping? Well, we'll get to that in a second. So at noon, Elijah mocked them saying, hey, cry aloud. He is a god. Either he's amusing self or he's relieving himself or maybe he's on a journey or perhaps he's asleep and you need to wake him up. He's trolling him. <laughs> he's so trolling him. He's like, dude, maybe he's pinching a loaf. <laughs> ah, maybe, maybe he went on a trip. Right. That's right. Wake him up. He went to Assyria. I didn't right. really think about like I, I've never really gone to a good spot to biblically back up sarcasm before, but this is, this is a great one. Oh, dude. He's, <laughs> this he's is, giving him the business. This is very sarcastic. Dude, how sarcastic is it for you guys to say, hey, dude, I bet your God's like on dropping the toilet the dropping a deuce. Yeah. He's <laughs> taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Nice. Dropping the kids off at the pool. <laughs> we could do this all day. Uh, Should we? No. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you got me because I kind of want to. But okay, so <laughs> he says those things to them, and then it says they cried aloud and they cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until blood gushed out upon them. And at midday past, they, rav- they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid attention. No one paid attention. How did nobody pay attention to these dudes who got who got made fun of? God, there's no all God paying attention. That's what he's saying. Oh yeah, all right. So they cut them. How? Okay. Blood gushed out upon them. Yeah, dude. No girl ever broke up with me, and I was like so crazed. I tried to make blood gush out upon me. There's never been a time where I was like so upset that something happened that I really loved, that I was like, time for gl- blood to gush out upon me. It was after their custom. <laughs> Apparently their custom is to not take name calling very well. No, no. Hey, dude, you know what, though? Honestly, this is a, a, a step removed from the tattoo thing. Remember, it says yeah. about tattoos, you shall not cut yourself for the mm-hmm. dead or mar yourself. Well, this is a step removed from that, as they were cutting themselves as an act of worship. Remember on the tattoo episode, we talked about that, mm-hmm. that you shouldn't cut yourself for ancestor worship. Well, here, they're cutting themselves and gushing blood out. It's, it makes me think of, you know, there's certain religions that they'll just flail themselves. Right. You know, self-mutilation. Self-mutilation and- in order to get their God's attention. But you know what? I got to say, no one pays attention. Right. Also, no one answers. For those who, like me, don't know what oblation means, it is a thing presented or offered to God or a God. Wait, you didn't know that? Oblation? Oblation. No. Dude, I say that all the time. <laughs> In one ear, out the other. It goes like this. It goes, 
Oh, hey guys, I had a great weekend. Hey, how'd your oblation go this week? Worship. I've never heard you say that before. You're right, I've never said that. All right, great. <laughs> I was just trying to sound smart. It didn't work, so you got me. <laughs> I already I already complimented your vocabulary once today. It's not going to happen again. Oh, keep it up, dude. <laughs> I need all the self I need all the congratulation I can get. So then Elijah said to all the people, Come near to me. And all the people came near, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that had already been broken down. So he just used, remember I said there that they had been worshiping on places yeah. where God had been worshiped previous, God had been worshiped previously. Well, this is that place. So he lets them go through all their gyrations, their bloody messes, their whatever. And then finally he repairs the altar after everything. So he takes 12 stones according to the number of tribes of Israel and then he says, Israel shall be your name to the altar. So he built the altar and he built it to the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar as great as would contain a whole bunch of water. <laughs> All right. It two says we're, sias. two sias. That's a lot of that's gallons upon gallons upon gallons of water. 7.3 liters. 7.3 liters or seven quarts. So. Oh, so 14.6 is two CS. So, yeah. So he put the wood in order. Then he cut the bull in pieces and laid it on. And then he said, fill four more jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And then he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. Then he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. So that water ran all around and full of the, all, uh, all ran all around the altar and filled the trench with water. Then at that time of the offering of the oblation, of the oblation <laughs> Elijah, the prophet came near and said, Oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I've done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have turned their hearts back. That's a good prayer. Right. Lord, show them that this is all you and doesn't have anything to do with me. Right? That's mm -hmm. the prayer. Then f the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, the dust, and licked up all the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let any one of them escape. And he seized them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook. And he slaughtered them there. Which is crazy. Dude, 400, 450 prophets. There is not a word of the story that isn't crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that it's like, you read it and you go, man, how can this not be sensational? But you know it's not because here it is in the word of God and you, we have all of these other things in the word of God we know happen and here we have this and we're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And it's one of those unrepeatable kind of things, right? Like well, yeah. I, I couldn't go out to 
Where? Where would I go? Where to go out to? I I go to Bali, right? Mm-hmm. And go to one of their temples and be like, hey, you bring your right Mama Jama idol out or whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> and you know, we're gonna throw these bulls up there and see what happens. God does not tell us to redo this. It's not. It is unreplicatable. It was a one-time thing that God used Elijah. God destroyed the prophets of Baal to bring the nation back to him, back to worship. I kind of think it was because they were getting so far off track that the Lord needed this corrective to bring this corrective because they were going to go into exile before the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I was thinking about that, like how nuts it must have been to be one of these people who's sitting there watching, one of these people who ends up falling on their faces and saying, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. Like, what a instrument of mercy. What a crazy display of grace that that got thrown in front of you. Because what was going to happen if that wasn't thrown in front of you? Yeah. You probably weren't going to run across Elijah, who was the self-proclaimed only dude who was, like, preaching the true and living God at that point. So for something that sensational to happen, in such like a finite space in time and such like a small amount of people. And you get to be one of those people. Dude, what grace and mercy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know you are. Yeah. I know. I just wanted to use those words. What grace and mercy. God didn't know any of these people, any of that. Mm-hmm. Right. They were all worshiping these false gods. And yet God brought judgment upon these guys who were the prophets of the false God but yet brought grace and mercy to a large part of the nation of Israel so that they could turn and repent and believe in the true and living God and staved off a lot of the judgment that was going to come. See, that's one of my favorite things about going through, especially like these narratives of the Old Testament and going through the prophets and stuff like that, is how you get to see God's justice and his mercy constantly side Side by by side. side. Mm, Good. You see these people receiving mercy, but did the prophets receive anything but justice? Like no, they this, got exactly what they deserved. Exactly. Yeah, and, right. And there was, I mean, they didn't end up repenting. No, they and neither did they Ahab and Jezebel, his wife. Right, they yeah. didn't end up bowing their knee. They continued to do what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and God dealt justly with yep. them. And Ahab ended up, and Jezebel, Ahab's wife, ended up trying to kill Elijah, and then he took off. He had to go run into exile for a while. And that's when God reveals to him, you know, you're not the only guy here, dude. I've got more than 3,000 people who are following me and worshiping me. So just, you know, quit thinking you're so hot stuff. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. But he he brings that corrective to Elijah because Elijah needed it too. But but you're right. There's so much grace and mercy in this passage. And and honestly, at first reading, you don't hear that, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's the truth. That's what God's doing here is this in this contest is he's bringing grace and mercy to the nation of Israel. Well, and that's a benefit of looking at all of scripture from, you know, Genesis one, all the way to the end of revelation as one giant cohesive piece of truth is you're not making these distinctions where God's gracious and merciful in the new and just and, you know, whatever people would want to say in the old. Like, no, you see grace, <clears throat> you see mercy, you see justice right alongside each other all throughout because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, shoot. We got a question? 
I don't. I, I do. My questions are over there in the bin. What should our next story be? Oh, that's good. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait to hear what people want oh, us to read Oh, that's good. Through. What should our next Bible story read through be? Okay, so my we, we debated today yeah. about Samson or this one. Uh-huh. And we settled on this one, I think, because it's fewer chapters. Mm-hmm. And for our first one, we didn't want it to go super long. 32 minutes is what we're at right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, okay, so that was, Samson was the other one. And you and me both were kind of on the fence about that. Yeah. So, yeah, listener, what do you think? What should our next story be? Let us know. Hit us up in the comments. Hey, leave us a rating and review, would you? It would just mean so much to us. We would be tickled. (laughs) We would. We would. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Belonging Before Believing, where we believe that you belong.